Once again, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Florida Fun Podcast. We are here recording live in the state of Florida, and we want to welcome you. Uh, I certainly appreciate you being here with us, and I enjoy being here for you. Today is Monday, July 26, 2021, and we have had a very busy uh, several days, a weekend, a holiday. Uh, We had a birthday, and I'm going to tell you about that. We went to SeaWorld Orlando. We went to Aquatica briefly. We spent some time at Discovery Cove, and that's going to be what we're going to talk about a lot today. We're going to have a new episode, uh, a new segment of the episode called uh, Trivia Time, and we're going to have a special guest uh, read our trivia question of the day. So we have a lot to discuss. Uh, Normally we would do Florida News and Florida Sports. There is some things to discuss in Florida News and Florida Sports, but we'll get to that as soon as we can. So thank you for being with us. Thank you for being a part of of the podcast, as always. I do want to tell you how to get a hold of me. You can drop me an email anytime at FloridaFunPodcast at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter, and I'm at FloridaFun6 on Twitter or, of course, on Instagram, and that's at FloridaFunPodcast on Instagram. You can hit me up anytime. Send me a message, send me a tweet, send me an email, and I would love to hear from you. Um... This past weekend, on the uh, this past weekend, we had Amelia's birthday. My daughter uh, recently had her birthday, and we're going to talk to her a little bit about her birthday and what she loved about that. Um, we were in the Orlando area. I know, shocker, you've never heard me talk about Orlando before, um, but we were in the Orlando area again, a place that we all love to be, we all love to go, and we went to SeaWorld. Uh, we went to Aquatica briefly. That Aquatica trip didn't really quite work out. While we were there. We had a lot of pretty weather, but we did have some rain, and and definitely if you're going to go to a water park, especially in Orlando, especially some of these places in Florida, um, where it does where it does rain quite a bit, you know, you you definitely want to be aware that if the rain comes rolling through and you get thunder and you get lightning, they're going to close that water park, and and that was something that we saw several times uh, when we were there. Aquatica, don't get me wrong, beautiful park. A lot of slides, a lot of room, uh, and of course it's a SeaWorld Park, right? So you have animals there. So you have Commerson's dolphins, you have um, pretty birds, parrots, um, there's uh, education people there that are teaching you about them. Uh, the trainers are there with the Commerson's dolphins. Um, for the majority of people, I don't think they know exactly the difference between a Commerson's dolphin or a bottlenose dolphin, and they are dramatically different. Commerson's dolphins are much smaller. They come from South America generally. Um, all the way at the tip of South America, all the all the way down, all the way down, and uh, they're very small. Um, they're a black and white dolphin. Um, they're a much smaller cousin to their bigger brothers and sisters, uh, the bottlenose dolphins, the Atlantic bottlenose dolphins, the the Pacific dog, the spinners, the, the that kind of stuff. Um, so they are a little bit different. Um, they have black kind of in front of their face, up where their dorsal, the, up to the the rostrum, the front of the face, and the front of the eyes. Um, and there's a black patch back by their tail as well. 
um, and the body is white. Now, they, they do like to spin upside down. They swim on their back. That is something that they do a lot. And uh, they do live in, you know, they could be in the same colder water. That's fine. They don't have to be in super warm water. Um, but uh, it is definitely something that they uh, are, are a little bit different. Um, they do have them at Aquatica. And Aquatica is definitely a place that if you go there, you'll be able to see them. Um, there's an above ground viewing area. There's an underwater viewing area. It has a big glass window. Um, while we were there, we did notice, and this is something a little bit different. Um, a, I noticed that it was not as well kept. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play that off to staffing. I'm going to play that off that they probably don't have enough people um, to keep all the pools up and keep them clean and sparklingly clean and keep up with all the algae. Now, they may be growing algae in the tank to make it more friendly. You know, I mean, as long as it's aerobic algae, it will release oxygen into the water and keep those fish and, and that kind of stuff healthy. Um, Commerson's dolphins don't need to breathe water, uh, breathe the oxygen from the water. They're not able to do that. They, they breathe oxygen like you and I do. They have a blowhole. They come to the surface to take a breath. They inhale and exhale from the surface. And uh, they go back underwater, and, and it's, it's a breath hold dive, like whales, like sperm whales, and right whales, and killer whales, and all that kind of stuff. So they don't breathe water, uh, breathe ox- they don't pull water, oxygen directly out of the water, um, like most fish would. Um, we did notice there was a couple of smaller sharks in there, which was very cool. Um, a couple of bon- uh, ribbon, uh, white, white uh, spotted bamboo sharks, which were very cool. Um, there were a couple fish in there, which is a very cool thing. So it had a little more activity than the last time we were there. Previously, the viewing area over in Aquatica was just a window, and it had, I don't know, three, four, maybe five uh, Commerson's dolphins. Um, there's a ride, there's a slide that goes down, and the very bottom of the slide goes through the pool. It has glass, uh, very thick plexiglass you go through, and you can actually see the dolphins in the water around you before you hit that big catch pool at the end. You have that big final splash before you come off the, the, the water slide. Um, and I did notice that that was not running while we were there. Pretty much as soon as we decided that our day was going to be at Aquatica, we're going to spend our day there, uh, we got in and it pretty much instantly started thundering and the park was going to be closed because of lightning and because of weather concerns. And we just decided we'd be better off going to going to SeaWorld. Now, we all wanted to go to the park, which was great, um, but we all decided that we wanted to go to SeaWorld and, and we went across the street. So uh, we certainly had a great time over there. Um, SeaWorld was a lot of fun. Uh, we did go back to a place we've been before, the Sharks Underwater Grill. Uh, we had lunch there. Um, Sharks Underwater Grill is an amazing place. If you've never been, I would definitely say it's 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 a little expensive uh, for what you get. Um, there's a, a limited menu, um, and I don't want to say limited like there's only serving like two items, but limited as far as you can't get anything you want there. Um, but you have to kind of just go off the menu. Um, the last several times we've been, it has changed just slightly. But you pretty much have your seafood dishes, your burgers, your chicken dishes, you know, some kind of a meat dish. Um, there's usually some good desserts there. Um, and uh, definitely the, 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 the draw between going into Sharks Underwater Grill is there's large viewing windows on the inside of the restaurant. And they look into the shark attraction. And you can see, you know, the black tip reef sharks. You can see the zebra sharks. You can see... Um, the red drum, you can see the sand tigers, you can see the nurse sharks, and, and you pretty much walk the length of the restaurant on that right side, and you can see deep into the water, and, and it, it's very relaxing to be in there. It's very relaxing to see uh, see those sharks, those nurse sharks, you can see them, and, and uh, you can see those guys. So it's, it's very, very interesting. 
Um, we had a great time. Lunch was very relaxing. It was not really that busy at all. Um, and we kind of just walked right in. Now, when we walked up, there was a very long line to get in. And because there was a line to get in, it was kind of a bit of a wait. But as soon as we walked up, we, we got inside. Um, yeah, they have sandbar sharks as well. Um, and, and those guys are, are, are really interesting. Um, but we came down and we sat and we had lunch and it was fantastic. Um, the cool thing about it is also the bar. If you look at the bar, if you're facing the restaurant to the right is a bar. It's got an open window. Um, and then you can, um, you can also go in there and inside the top of the bar, it's an open top bar and it has an aquarium inside the bar. So that's really neat. That's really interesting. And there's smaller fish, there was rays, there was um, some crustaceans of some kind that were inside there, and it, it was very, very interesting to see. Uh, so the kids had a great time. Uh, you know, Bonnie and I had a great time, my wife and I had a great time, and, and, and we certainly um, needed a little bit of a break because it was warm. It was a warm weekend in, or, in, in Orlando over, over July, so it definitely was not, you know, 5 or 10 degrees outside. It was very warm. Um, we did see a lot at SeaWorld that, that I thought was really, really interesting. Um, we went for the very first time to the Elmo Rocks show, which my son and my daughter both wanted to go to. Um, and we saw Elmo Rocks, which was very cool. Um, I did post some pictures on Instagram uh, of our trip. And if you've had a chance to go on, that's Instagram.com forward slash Florida Fun Podcast. There is a stage when you go inside the old Nautilus Theater um, for those of you that remember, there was uh, a couple of meet and greets. I want to say Jack Hanna, uh, the Krat Brothers. Um, there was a kind of a Cirque du Soleil kind of show that SeaWorld had for a little while. Um, those were all in there, and, and now they kind of use it for you know whatever the show or whatever the, the, the season is. Um, I want to say the Christmas show is inside there. There's a couple other shows that are inside there. Um, but this one was Elmo Rocks. This was all about Elmo and Friends. Uh, kind of a nod of the hat to the new Sesame Street area right there inside the park, which is very cool, very kid-friendly, uh, themed all the way out to the last detail, and, and, and it is super cool. It's super, super uh, fun to be there. Um, lots of great rides, lots of great... Uh, there's a great parade that comes through. The kids can see the the uh, characters, Elmo and Cookie and Abby and Bert and Ernie and Big Bird and all the rest of their friends um, up close, so that was very, very fun. But Elmo Rocks basically is a story of Elmo and his friends that are waiting for a concert to happen. The concert never happens because of some other unforeseen circumstances. And so they basically throw a concert themselves. And it's a nice nod, uh, a nice tip of the hat to a lot of the classic American rock and roll, classic American songs, um, Hip to be Square, R-O-C-K in the USA, um, My Girl. Um, th there's a lot of things in there. So if you if you have little ones, if you have people that are young at heart, kind of like me, um, and you want to go see Elmo Rocks, and you like rock and roll music, and, and you like that kind of environment. It's a very high-energy show. Um, it definitely is very friendly to everyone. There's a little something for everyone. Uh, it definitely was something I would recommend. Definitely fantastic show, and it's definitely something I would recommend. So Elmo Rocks was great. Um, those of you who have not been to SeaWorld in a while, the Dolphin Nursery was a big draw there for a while. Um, and it was hard because you could get up to the wall of the Dolphin Nursery, but you had to lift up your kids to look in. You, it was very hard for kids to see unless you were tall. I'm, I'm about 6'2", so it was very hard to see inside unless you were tall. Um, and you could only really see kind of down one side of the nursery and down the other side of the nursery. It was really hard to see the animals inside there. That's all changed. 
Um, the Dolphin Nursery underwent a multi-million dollar rehab, and the rehab itself included uh, a large glassed-in front window that goes all the way down from the surface of the water down to the edge of the sidewalk. So the kids can see in. You can sit right in front of the Dolphin Nursery. You can see very, very deep inside the water. That's very cool. And then if you curl around to the right side of the Dolphin Nursery, um, you there's little pods or caves or little openings that were created inside the rock and they have little glass windows inside there as well and that allowed Amelia and Mason to get close to the animals and see them of course you can see them swimming by at the adults if you're standing up you can see the dolphins swim by and you can see them get close so um, definitely a very cool place you always have an educator there and they'll answer all your questions about everything but um, definitely a very cool place to be and, and definitely a very cool thing to see and do while you're there so uh, we enjoyed that. That was fun. That was great. Um, while we were there, we did get hungry, as tends to happen in a theme park. People get hungry and they eat lots of food. And we chose to have barbecue. So we went to the Voyager Inn, which is right there next to the Rescue Pets or pet, the old Pets Ahoy uh, stage, uh, which was right there. And uh, we went and had... Now, there was a long line while we were there. It was a really, really long line. It was really just unbelievably long. And, you know, my hat's off to SeaWorld. They did a fantastic job. They just kept the line moving. You know, it felt like one of those lines you would be in literally for the rest of your life. You would die, like in the DMV, you would die in that line. But it wasn't really that way. It wasn't that way at all. The line kept moving. They had a great uh, a great spread of food. Uh, you know, my, my kids and my wife and I, we all just kind of split some food. The barbecue was great. Um, you know, my daughter had ribs. I had chicken. Um, they had great french fries, uh, and, and it, was, it was a really nice place to be. So um, uh, Voyager Inn is definitely one that I would recommend. Go to the, go to the top of the list. Um, when we were there, um, the, whole trip, the whole idea behind the trip was that Amelia wanted to go to Discovery Cove for her birthday. And if you haven't been to Discovery Cove, Discovery Cove is a fantastic place. And I'm going to take you on kind of a brief walkthrough of being in Discovery Cove, seeing it, being going through the reception area, parking in the parking lot, walking in, getting your ID tag, um, getting that, that map that you, you wear around your neck, getting your swim gear, if, whether it's a mask and uh, snorkel or whether it's you just want to, like I, I never wore a mask and snorkel while I was there, um, but it, it definitely is something that um, I wanted to be able to swim. Now, my wife and I have been there a couple times in the past, and it, it definitely does feel a little bit different uh, being inside, being inside the park, and I do have a little bit of a complaint, and I'm not going to go too heavy into the complaint. I, I, I do have a little bit of a complaint, um, but we'll get to that in a second. So when you get to Discovery Cove, the first thing you understand is that you can't just walk up. It's a reservation only, uh, and they limit it to about a thousand guests a day. And because there's only about a thousand guests a day, they know you're coming. They have made, they've made allowances for you. Um, they made allowances for you. They know that you're coming. Uh, there's staff that's available for you. Now, you can do one of two things. You make the reservation. You can either do a dolphin swim day or a non-dolphin swim day. And a non-dolphin swim day, you can do all the same things that the dolphin swim people can do. You're just not going to have that dolphin experience. You're not going to be able to be in the water with the dolphins. Um, while you go around, there is uh, a freshwater lazy river. There's a freshwater swimming area, a lagoon. There's a Grand Reef that has saltwater fish, um, rays, um, guitar fish, um, all that kind of stuff. Southern rays, Kano's rays, 
Um, they're behind some glass area. There's some sharks inside there. You can see the sharks. Now, you're not in the water with the sharks, so I don't want you to think that. But um, you can see them. You can come up to them. Um, the water in the Grand Reef is kind of cold. So uh, it takes a second. And you want to, for me, I would want to go on a warmer day. I would not want to go on a day where it was a little chilly because it would be hard to get over that. Um, my daughter, of course, my son didn't seem to bother them very much. My wife didn't seem to bother them very much. But after a while, they kind of got sick of being cold. Now, I'll tell you, the warmer water is in the, is the freshwater reef, the freshwater lagoon, the freshwater uh, lazy river when you go around. That does take you pretty much all the way around Discovery Cove, kind of in a loop. Um, you can start in one place and come back. There's a cavern area. You can go through a cavern area, and um, you can uh, go through and um, kind of a quiet, peaceful area. There's a waterfall, that kind of stuff. One of the big draws of being there is that there's a free flight aviary. And the free flight aviary, you can either walk on a pathway or you can swim up to it. So it's kind of unusual. It's kind of unusual that you have two ways to get in there. And so I, it kind of makes sense to me. You know, you wouldn't want your aviculturists or your, your bird people to have to swim to work every day. I don't think that would work out very well. That would not be a very good thing. But the day guests, the people who were there, who were enjoying the park, they can swim on that lazy river. They go underneath a, a pretty large waterfall, and that waterfall keeps the birds inside the aviary and doesn't let them out of the aviary. Um, and that's it. They're free flight. You can go right up to them. Um, you come up out of that lazy river, you come out of that water, there's some stairs, you come up the stairs, and you're inside the aviary. And it's okay for you to feed the birds, to try to feed the birds. They give you little cups of food. And it's everything from, you know, mealworms to fruit to to little biscuits to some kind of a uh, some kind of a bird feed. It looks like a mixture that they put inside those cups, and the birds will come up to you um, if you're patient and they're hungry and they're they're paying attention and they want to see you. Um, they'll certainly come up to you. Um, being inside there is a very cool experience, and it's not something you pay for, guys. So I want to let you know that when you make a reservation at Discovery Cove. You pay for everything up front. So your swim gear, the food you would feed to the birds in Discovery Cove on the aviary, um, your dolphin swim time if that's what you choose to do. Um, your meals are free. Your breakfast and lunch are free. All your snacks are free. So they had Rice Krispie treats and cookies and crackers and that kind of stuff, chips. Um, any drinks that you want there. So whether it's bottled water, soda, whatever it might be. Also beer and wine are free. Um, the use of their lockers is free. Their their swim gear is free. The mask and snorkel, you don't buy those. Those are given to you. Um, the showers, uh, they have very nice showers. Um, they have uh, body wash and shampoo and hair gel and all that kind of stuff inside there. The towels, they have fresh towels inside there. Um, those are all clean and, and ready to go. As soon as someone comes in and uses them up, they bring more from backstage, um, and, and that's fully stocked as well. So um, pretty much anything you would need while you're there. And the fun thing about Discovery Cove is it's all about relaxation. Now, when you get there, um, there may be a line or two for you to walk in the front door. That's just kind of expected. Your day starts with everyone else. Now, we started our day relatively early. We were there probably... 7.30, 7.45-ish, somewhere in the morning. So it was very early when we got there. And it's a good thing that we got there uh, as early as we did because the line to get in was very long. It went down the front of the building all the way around to the side. Um, Discovery Cove is not located in the same property as SeaWorld or as Aquatica. Discovery Cove is kind of across the street from SeaWorld. Uh, you pull in. There's kind of a curved 
um, uh, driveway that kind of goes in to the right, and a welcome building with like a, a kind of a porcache, kind of a, a, an awning over the top, and you go down behind there and park your car. Uh, parking at Discovery Cove, unlike SeaWorld, unlike Aquatica, is uh, unlike SeaWorld and Aquatica is absolutely free. You do not pay to park there. Um, you can see on the ground where they used to valet cars. They don't do that anymore. There's no valet anymore. So you got to park your own car. Um, but uh, the parking lot is not huge. It's not some giant, massive parking lot. you got to walk in from eight miles out. Um, I would say if you're going to go to Discovery Cove, take just those things that you absolutely positively are going to need because everything else is provided for you. You know, people think, well, I'm going to need more sunscreen. You can have all the sunscreen you want. That's provided for you. Well, what if I need some water? You can have all the water you want. You can have all the, 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 the soda you want or juices or apple juice or, you know, different things that you want. Well, what if I need to take a shower? You can take a shower as many times as you want to during the day. Um, there's bathrooms there. There's um, all your snacks are provided. Well, what if I'm swimming in the water and I'm hungry and I want to come out and have a snack? You can have a snack. That's on the house. That's all there. Now, you want to call that number for Discovery Co.'s res reservations, and you want to make a reservation ahead of time, right? Don't assume that you're going to walk up to the front door and say, hey, look slow today. Can I get in? Because they're going to give you a phone number and tell you to go away and tell you to call that number. So you don't want to be that guy or person. You don't want to be that person that does that. But you go into the, the, the reception building, uh, you're lined up just like everyone else, you go up in the sidewalk, and then they turn the corner and they say, hey guys, how are you, good morning, how, are we all together, yeah we are, let's go over to this computer, and they check you in, everyone gets a, a badge and a lanyard uh, around their neck, and um, that has your name, and uh, if like we did a dolphin swim, it gave us the time of our dolphin swim, and it gave us a suggested time for us to eat lunch. And they told us, hey, guys, just so you know, you know, the, the line for lunch can be very long, can be very busy. You want to make sure and try and eat a little earlier. And um, uh, while you're there, you want to make sure that you try to eat, I would say, a little bit earlier, maybe you know, before your lunchtime. Um, that's one of the complaints I had is that Discovery Cove is all about relaxation, no lines, limited amount of people. You know, they're not hustling, bustling all day long. There were lines, guys. There were lines when we were there. There was a line to get in that took us, I don't know, probably a good five, ten minutes to go through the line, which isn't much. I know theme park world is not much for a five-minute line or a ten-minute line. That's not even That doesn't even count in theme park land. Um, but there was a line to get in. Then we went to breakfast, and there was a pretty long line for breakfast, and that took us a while to get in and get our breakfast. And we went and swam. That was fine. We got in our, our pods and I'll tell you about all the dolphin swimming and everything here in a second. Then there was a line for lunch. And that line for lunch was, I'm not kidding, probably 30 to 35 minutes long just to get your food. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it was about. I don't know why the lines were so long. It, you know, I, I would say staffing, but I don't, I didn't see anyone that, you know, any positions that didn't look to be filled. There were people in front of each of the lockers. Uh, there were plenty of trainers in the water. There was plenty of cooks and staff back in the kitchen um, serving up the food. There was plenty of guest services people. There were merchandise people. There was people checking us in at the front desk or at the, the reception building. So I don't know. I, I don't know if they just oversold, and maybe that's just the way they're going to do. Maybe, maybe they lost a, a ton of money. I'm sure they did uh, because of the pandemic and being closed for as long as they were. Discovery Cove is open every day. Um, I think maybe they're closed on... Christmas Day and Thanksgiving or something like that. But I think they're open every day, um, other than a couple of brief holidays. And for them to be closed and lose as much money as they did, 
it, it's got to be a shock to their system. It's got to be something that's that's a, a challenge for them to get over. So maybe they're overselling it. Maybe they're doing 1,200 people. Maybe they're doing 1,500 people because it, it felt – when you were in line for your meals, it felt very busy. It felt very active. It felt very much like you were not the only person in the park. And that's not the way Discovery Cove is supposed to feel. Um, Discovery Cove is supposed to feel like it's you and the animals and your family and the sunshine and the water, and that's it, like you're on your own private island. And uh, I worked in the SeaWorld Call Center for a while. I worked in the Contact Center for a while, and people would ask us questions about Discovery Cove, and that was kind of the way we build it was, you know, your day on your own private sandy beach and your own dolphin swim um, in a very small group, and you, you can explore the beach and the island as much as you want all day long. There's no schedules. There's no time. Um in fact, the last two times my wife and I went before this, and it's either two or three, and I don't remember exactly, but I want to say it's two. Um, before we had kids, uh, my wife and I went, and I want to say you were not scheduled for lunch. I think you just dropped in whenever you wanted to. I don't remember that part of it. Um, so maybe maybe they're selling more. I don't know. Um, that was a little disappointing. Not that you know you can really be too disappointed in, in Discovery Cove, um, but everything else was was really fantastic. So you get checked in, you get your lanyard, and you go back, and you get to your locker, and there was a line again to get to your locker, and we had to wait for probably a good five minutes or ten minutes or so in a line of, of just people. Um, but you got your locker, and you had your key. Um, now, the keys are actually inside the locker themselves. They're just hanging off the lockers. They're kind of stand-up lockers like you had in high school. Um, there's one on top of another. They're not full length. They're not full size of your body. They're probably from... I would say halfway up, maybe up to your waist, something like that, maybe about a foot and a half across. Um, pretty deep. We put a backpack in, a bunch of shoes, some clothes, some other things, and it fit in there just fine. We could have put more in there if we wanted to, but it fit pretty well. Um, the key goes on a lanyard. It goes around your neck uh, for the good majority of the day, and your lanyard goes around your neck as well. Um, in the past, I remember there have been having charging privileges that you could put onto your lanyard. Um, I don't know if they do that anymore. They may or may not. Um, kind of like the Disney parks will will do that. They'll give you charging privileges on your room card or on your Magic Band now, what they do. Um, I don't know if Discovery Coast does that or not. They may not do that. And that, that's fine. That, that's that's just a convenience that, that's not a necessity. Um, but we go back and we get our locker and put all our stuff away, and then we just want to go and, and check out some stuff. So we go back to breakfast, and like I said, breakfast did take a long time. Um, I can't complain. I really can't. Um, the food was, you know, food was good. Um, you can go back and get as much as you want. The problem being is that if you go back and get more, you have to wait in that line again. So it's 30 minutes to get your food. Then you go back and say, well, I want more eggs. I want more bacon. I want more grits. I want more toast. There's another 30 minutes of waiting in that line again. So you could really eat up a lot of your day waiting in the line. Um, the earliest that we were able to get into Discovery Cove, I want to say it was like 7.30 or 8. It was pretty early in the morning comparatively to, to most theme parks. They don't open usually between like 9 and 10, somewhere around there. And the park closes at 5 or 5.30, right? So you figure if you go through that breakfast line twice, that's an hour of your day. If you go through the lunch line twice, that's another hour of your day. So two hours of a day that's – and I'm not going to play. I mean, it's relatively expensive, Um, you know, for, for – the more people you have, the more expensive it is. So for – me and my wife and our two kids, you know, you're looking at four times the cost of admission and the dolphin swim for people to go into Discovery Cove. So it was it was a pretty big chunk, um, you know, for my daughter, and, and she is absolutely 150,000% worth it. I don't have a problem with that, but I want you guys to know 
that in case you are planning a trip to Discovery Cove, that you know you, you got to save your pennies. It's not like a not, not like a day at SeaWorld. You know, you're not going to spend you know 60, 70, 80 bucks to get in, and everything's included. That's not going to happen. You're spending much more than that. Um, so we went through the check-in process. We got our lanyards. We got our our our, um, our swim vests. Uh, we got our lockers. We did all that kind of stuff. We went through breakfast. Breakfast was good, and then we just wanted to kind of explore. So we explored a little bit, got wet, got in the water, and then it was going to be time for our dolphin swim. And I'm going to tell you about this. If you've never done this before, this is a very, very cool experience to, to do the dolphin swim. The dolphin swim was fantastic. Um, my daughter loved it. All of us loved it. Now, my wife and I, we've both worked at Discovery Cove in the past. We've both been to Discovery Cove in the past. And, and having never done the dolphin swim was kind of a different thing. Now I'm on the on the, 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 the tourist side. Now I'm on the vacationer side. Now I'm on the individual side instead of being on the employee side. Um, you are assigned uh, a cabana. So there's seahorse, starfish, and one other. S- sand dollar. Seahorse, starfish, and sand dollar. There's three pools. And uh, you are assigned one of those. You go to the cabana, and you meet your trainers. You meet some, some guest services folks, and they get everyone checked in. You're into different pods. So the pods are groups of individuals, kind of like a group of dolphins is a pod. They're groups of individuals. And they bring you in, and they kind of count everyone out, make sure everyone's kind of in even groups. And then they show you a quick video. It talks to you about conservation and how much, you know, dolphins are amazing animals, which they are, and how we should treasure them, which we absolutely should. And then that's it. And then you stand up, and your trainer comes to get you and says, all right, let's go have some fun. Let's go out in the water. So you come in your pod, and you walk your way out to the water. And at first, you're only in about ankle deep. It kind of gets you used to it. Now, I'm going to tell you guys, like I said, the water where the animals live is not 100 degrees. It's not, you know, bath water. It's a little chilly. So it's definitely something... It's definitely something that, that you have to get used to slowly. So you start in on your ankles, and then they tell you a little bit about some rules. They tell you about the dolphin. They tell you about what to expect. And then you kind of go a little deeper, maybe up to your knees, maybe up to your thighs, go a little deeper. And then you meet your dolphin. Now, our dolphin's name was Leilani, or Kailani. And Kailani uh, was the daughter, or is the daughter, of Leilani. And Leilani is, I want to say they said the flower of the sea, and Kailani is the dolphin who we interacted with, and I want to say her name is the Daughter of the Sea, so it's kind of cool that they had the two of them named very similarly. Um, so uh, that was neat. Um, another dolphin next to us in the next pod over was named Coral, and her daughter's name was Reef, so she's Coral Reef. Uh, so they were very, very creative about the way that they did that, and, and it, was, it was a very neat thing for, for SeaWorld and Discovery Cove to do to name their animals that way. So we watched the video. We went into our groups. Um, the water was a little cold. Um, there were two trainers in the water with us and a lifeguard. So if you have little people, we have little people. Um, you don't have to worry too much about them being physically uh, at risk. Okay. So there are always those two trainers in the water with you, and the lifeguard is there as well. Now, you know, you have to watch your kid. I'm not going to say this is a, a drop-off area where you can, you know, have the, the two or three adults and maybe a, a, a you know, five- or six-year-old and just say, hey, you're good, good, good luck, buddy. Go, go hang out over there, right? You are in the water. Um, you know, your kids have to be pretty good swimmers. Um, if they're not, there are ways they can work around. I'm going to tell you that in just a second. Um, but this is a live animal. Right, and and just like anything else, you need to respect the live animals. You need to respect that this is their home, not yours. 
And there needs to be that level of understanding of your kids of do the right thing because it's the right thing, not because it's fun or not because it's enjoyable, but because it's the right thing to do, right? We would respect someone's home uh, when we go into it. So uh, that was something that we did. Um, my people that were in the water with me, my wife and I are both very good swimmers. My daughter's a very good swimmer. Um, and my son um, was a little uncomfortable. Um, he didn't want to go out in the deep water. And while I was there, I found out they don't do deep water swims at least not right now. Um, they may be doing them again in the future at some point, but for right now, they don't do deep water swims. So it's all shallow water. I'm about 6'2", and the water was maybe up to, I would say, the bottom of my rib cage, maybe, somewhere around there that we did the dolphin swim in. So it was, you know, deep-ish, deeper, but not, you know, the, the deep water, the way out back where, the, where the, the, the holding areas are back there for the, for the dolphins, it's probably about 15, 18, 20 feet. So it wasn't nearly that deep. I could stand up the whole time. My wife could stand up the whole time. Um, my daughter had to kind of bob a little bit, but but she could stand up the whole time. And, and uh, when they did the dolphin swim for my son, um, the trainers were amazing, and they uh, they did it in a little channel behind us. So the water was uh, a lot more shallow, and uh, Mason was able to do it. So we were all very, very happy that he was able to do it, including him. He was very happy he was able to do it, too, because that fear or that uh, uncomfortableness, that anxiousness of being in deep water and having to control your body and having to hang on to the dolphin. And that's a, that can be a little stressful uh, experience to do. But we all had a great time. Um, when you first start off, there's a dolphin meet and greet where we got to meet and greet uh, Kailani and gave her a big rub down when she came by. I got to look at those pretty dolphin eyes and that pretty dolphin face. And uh, she kind of rolled on her back and we got to rub her belly and we got to you know give her some some hugs and we got to get pictures with her and uh, it was really really amazing to be able to see all that um we did have a photographer with us the whole time now there used to be video and still images right now it's just still images so um if you're thinking on taking a video maybe like one of your family or friends could do it from the beach but as far as being in the water, having those videotaped uh, dolphin rides or videotaped experiences, that doesn't happen anymore. So I don't know if that's a temporary thing as well, but at least for right now, they're not doing that either. So we got pictures with my wife and I. We got pictures with the kids together. We got pictures with my wife and, and the kids and I. We got pictures hugging the dolphin. We got kissy pictures. We got all kinds of stuff. Um, and it was really, really an amazing experience. Um, so the actual dolphin ride was very cool. Um, like I said, shallow water only. Um, so the dolphin actually does all the work. Kailani was a very strong girl. Um, when she swam by and you can kind of feel underneath her skin, she feels like, I don't know, like wet spongy rubber almost, like a wet spongy eggplant almost, which is what she felt like. Um, they do not have pores in their skin. They are completely waterproof. They don't absorb the water. They are completely waterproof. Um, and uh, she was a very strong girl. She was able to do the whole dolphin ride. I'm kind of a big guy. I'm not huge, but I'm kind of a big guy. She pulled me through the water like she was wearing a hat, like she was rolling a ball down the street. Like it was no effort at all for her, period, in discussion. Um, we were in a group of about 10 of us, uh, my family, uh, our family to the left, and then another family, and then another family to the end down there. And she didn't have a problem with any of us. She did a fantastic job. So the way you do a dolphin swim is they take you into the water and you put one hand on the dorsal fin, which is that, that fin on the back of the dolphin. So that kind of shark fin looking fin that they have on a dolphin, that's actually called the dorsal fin. That's on their back. And then the pectoral fins, if you think of your pectoralis muscles or your pecs on your chest, 
the two fins that come off of the, the, the lower uh, portion of the body up by the face. Those are called pectoralis or pec fins. Um, we actually would grab on one of those with your left hand. You grab on the dorsal fin with your right hand, and you kind of lay your body flat and just kind of let them pull you through the water. So the dolphin ride was very cool. Um, it definitely was something that um, the size of the person taking the ride didn't seem to matter at all. It didn't matter if you were huge or little or whatever. It didn't seem to matter at all. Um, she, Kailani, our dolphin, was very gentle with my kids. Um, it wasn't the kind of thing that you expect, you know, a big heavy horse to pull you down the road and not listen or, or whatever the situation is. Um, they were very gentle, and, and it almost seemed like the smaller the person that was in the water with her, the more gentle that she was, and that was very, very cool as well. Um, the trainers were ultra-flexible with all this, and, and so that's what I'm going to tell you is that by having the flexibility um, of being around uh, the kids and, and knowing that um, the, you know, the dolphin was very strong and very powerful, um, that she almost was like, hey, look, he, you know, he's not, a, not super confident in the water. I got that part. Let's do this. Let's do the dolphin swim in the shallow water behind you so he's able to feel more comfortable. He's able to do it. You guys can come here and enjoy it all as a family. So it, it was a fantastic experience, and my hat is totally off. Uh, to our dolphin trainers and, and the animal care staff there at Discovery Cove because they, they just they make you feel comfortable. They tell you the right things. They answer the questions that you have. They, they're, they're very smart. They're, they're very good with the animals. They, they have a great job. Um, like I said, right now, there is no deep water dolphin swims. Um, no idea. Uh, no idea when that's going to happen, and, and we're just going to have to wait and see, um, and, and, and we'll, we'll definitely find out at some point, but at least for right now, um, we really don't know when that deep water dolphin swim is going to happen again. So it may be in six months. It may be next year. They may only do shallow water swims from here on out. We're just really not sure. Um, so now I want to do. Um, I want to tell you about lunch. Lunch was fantastic. Um, lunch we had again another long wait. It was about 30 minutes to get their food. Um, we went through the first time. We got as much food as we possibly could. Um, I had a craving for French fries. And they had waffle cut fries, which were really, really fantastic. And I wanted some waffle cut fries. So I went and got some. And I waited in line. And uh, it took a long time to go through that line. And it was a while. Now, I'll tell you, they did have some pretty good desserts. They had a, um, a uh, pina colada cupcake, which was fantastic. Um, they had chocolate cake. They had um, the, the, the burgers that they had. The pulled pork they had there was fantastic. It was very, very good. And uh, that was definitely something that, you know, I'm sure the menu changes from day to day um, or whatever they have available, but, but the food that we had right there was really fantastic. So it was a really fun experience, and we had a great time. And uh, I would definitely say that if you were thinking on going to Discovery Cove, if you were planning on going to Discovery Cove, I would definitely look into it. Now, it's going to depend on budget. Um, you know, like I said before, it's not a cheap day. It's not 50, 60 bucks a person, and um, you just kind of do what you do. It, it's not that way at all. And so Discovery Cove was a fantastic place, and uh, we certainly hope that you go and visit it sometime soon. So now we have a new section. It's a, We're going to call it Trivia Time. We're kind of working on the, the title. We're not really sure. Um, our Trivia Time is going to be held today by my daughter, Amelia. So, Amelia, let's do Trivia Time. 
Today's trivia question is, how many species of dolphins are there in the world today? A, 7, B, 42, C, 21, or D, 14? If you need a little time to, if you need a little time to think, pause the podcast. The answer is coming up soon. Stay tuned. So I want to thank Amelia for reading that question. Amelia is my daughter. She was in other podcasts, and you will hear the answer in just a few moments. Now I want to talk to you a little about Florida news and Florida sports. I don't have a lot to discuss. I just want to go over a couple things and and see how you guys feel about things. Um, in Florida news, it's definitely uh, summertime. Uh, our summertime is coming to a close here. Our kids have to go to school um, coming up sometime relatively soon. And... Um, the COVID numbers in Florida are outrageous. My my wife is a healthcare provider, and I get updates from her hospital all the time, and the numbers are through the roof. They're higher than the original outbreak of COVID. Um, so this uh, Delta variant is, has been extremely contagious and extremely uh, dangerous. Um, the last numbers I saw was over 600,000 people in the United States had died. And... You know, healthcare providers are basically saying it didn't have to happen. And so I know I told you guys before about me and my wife and my family being vaccinated. Now, my kids aren't because they're too young. Hasn't been tried on kids as, as young as my, my, my daughter and my son. My daughter's 10. My, my son is 8. And the, the, the whole thing about that is, you know, is the, is the, the vaccine going to protect you from everything? No, but, you know, tests have been shown that it does severely limit the amount of the of sickness and illness that you have it keeps you off the respirator off the ventilator it keeps you from dying and and that's kind of what it is now i mean who knows there may be another variant or two or three floating around out there somewhere this one supposedly uh started in india where the covid uh virus just was running rampant um and and people died left and right and somehow it made its way to the United States and, and it's going to make its way around the entire world. I mean that's kind of what happens. We are in a society where there's a line and some people believe in uh, the science and the reality and, and medicine and law and some people just choose not to. You know they live in a fantasy world and that vaccine is kind of the right down the middle and. So I told you we went to SeaWorld, and SeaWorld was, you know, busy, not, you know, as busy as I've ever seen it, but it was busy, and Discovery Cove, obviously. Now, when we were walking around Discovery Cove, you you could wear a mask if you wanted to, and there were people that wore masks, and SeaWorld, there were people that wore masks, and um, so it was something that, you know, given the right, or given the choice to, people could do it, but not everyone did, and in fact, the good majority of people that you saw were not wearing masks. It was kind of unusual to see it, and with the COVID numbers spiking as high as they are, um, you know, the, the common belief is that we should go back to a mandatory mask mandate, and we should go back to, you know, forcing businesses to have to wear masks and being in violation of county ordinances and city ordinances and state ordinances. Um, I know our governor has no interest in any of this. And, and he's proven that several times, and that's a shame because you should care more about your people as a governor. You know, a king should care more about the people and their concern, and and he just doesn't. And and uh, you know, it's easy to find which which side of the pile that he 
uh, found himself on. You know, the question comes in, you know, would you be comfortable going on a cruise, leaving from Florida, coming back to Florida without a mask and, and knowing that the COVID numbers are spiking as high as they are? Would you be comfortable staying in a hotel? Now, we've stayed in hotels several times in the past. And the first time we did, we went to Gainesville for my, for my daughter's birthday. And we wore masks inside the hotel. We wore masks when we were outside. We wore masks uh, inside the Florida Museum of Natural History. And, you know, we did everything we possibly could do to stay safe. And none of us got sick. And now that there's some restrictions that have been lifted that, you know, those kind of things come into question as to whether or not, you know, we should go back to those things. We should go back to having those restrictions in place. So how would you feel? How would you feel if you were on a cruise ship and you were next to people who weren't vaccinated and people who were endangering you and your family? And we're choosing not to take the vaccine. Now, I've heard every excuse for the vaccine that there's been. I, I work with people who um, are vaccinated, and I work with people who aren't vaccinated. And I work with people who, um, even at this point, feel like there's a great risk in taking the vaccine. Which, I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, several members of my family take the vaccine, and there's nothing wrong with them at all. Um, I think spending too much time watching TV, uh, too much time straying away from reality and, and, and the real world can be very dangerous. And this isn't the time. This isn't the time to play. This isn't the time to endanger others. Um, so, you know, that, that that's kind of a big concern. You know, we, we may be back to doing basically nothing for a while. You know, no trips, no no road trips, no no nothing. And with our kids going back to school soon, you know, Duval County, Putnam County, St. John's County, Clay County, you know, is it going to be something that there's going to be a mass mandate for the Duval County Public Schools? Is it going to be, you know, are they going to follow the recommendations? Is the CDC going to change their mind and say, look, this COVID thing's out of control again, and the only way it really helped was to wear masks and be vaccinated and do all the things that are going to keep you safe, and, and is that the way that we're going to go? Is that the way that we're going to wind up, you know, doing what we do? Because... You know, you can't just let it run the way it is, and and so who knows? Um, kind of along those same lines on Florida sports, um, I do want to congratulate the Tampa Bay Lightning, the 2021 Stanley Cup winning Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, back-to-back champions. Um, they did win the Stanley Cup in Tampa. They beat the Montreal Canadiens in five games instead of four. Um, it would have been a clean sweep, but the last game had them in Canada. And the Canadian government had basically determined that, no, they were not going to allow their family and friends to come up and watch the game. So the mayor of Tampa had discussed the idea, not suggested, not said that they should, but suggested, uh, talked about the idea of them basically throwing a game and having that last game wind them up in Tampa. And Tampa won uh, pretty handily in that last game and held on. It was it was a fantastic win for them. So congratulations to the Stanley Cup winning uh, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning they joined the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Bucks, and the Tampa Bay Bucks are getting ready to start their season again. Uh, training camp should be open sometime soon. I want to say it was the Packers and the Seahawks. I think were the two that opened the training camp recently. Um, but uh, everyone should be, or the the Texans, Tex, Packers and the Texans, I think were the two. But everyone will be going back to training camp. 
making their cutdowns on their rosters and getting their final roster set up, and then uh, we're back in football. So uh, looking forward to that. Um, a couple things. Uh, the SEC, the Southeastern Conference, has had teams move around. Um, and so as of late, Oklahoma and Texas from the Big 12 have basically decided to leave the Big 12, to abandon the Big 12, to come be part of the SEC. Um, I'm, I'm all about it. I, I, I think the more the merrier. That brings the SEC to 16 teams. Now, it hasn't been put on paper. It's not official. But it's down to about the last handshake to make sure everything is all done. And as far as uh, the last information that I read, uh, Oklahoma and Texas should be part of the SEC for the 2021-2022 football season. And then who knows? You know, what happens to the Pac-12? What happens to the Big Ten? What happens What happens to the ACC? Do they pick up teams? Do they lose teams? You know, the ACC has not always been a powerhouse. You know, they have not always been... You know, generating champion after champion after champion. I remember when the, the Miami Hurricanes were the team to beat. I remember when the Florida State Seminoles were the team to beat. And everyone gunned after the Seminoles and everyone gunned after the Miami Hurricanes, but that hasn't been that way in a while. You know, Miami can maybe hang in for a game or two, and, and you know, they do really well, and they're very impressive, and, you know, the rest of their season is very mediocre. And, you know, Florida State, Florida State doesn't have an identity, and, and they're struggling. They're struggling to figure out who they are. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Gator fan. I'm a huge Florida Gator fan. Um, but I also, you know, I enjoy the SEC football, SEC sports. And, um, uh, you know, having more teams in the SEC is going to generate more revenue, more games, more, more, more money, uh, more fans uh, drawing those cross-references. You know, will the Red River rivalry still be there between Oklahoma and Texas? Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 would, I would think they'd be insane to take that away. And you probably would put them both in the same portion of the conference, there's been a discussion as to those teams being in the same pod. So you would split the SEC into four parts. So East, you know, Central, Mid, and West. And then they would all split up that way. Um, also, uh, the NFL is putting restrictions on their players. And they have not forced a COVID vaccine. They have not said you must have a COVID vaccine. But they did come out publicly and say, and this does concern the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Miami Dolphins, three NFL teams here in the state of Florida. They basically come out and said, if you do not have a vaccine and you are the reason that your team has to forfeit or you're, there's an exposure and there's, you're the reason that the team has to forfeit um, or a game has to be re, uh, rescheduled and it's not able to be rescheduled during the regular season, your team will forfeit. And not only will your team forfeit, your team won't get paid, and the opposing team won't get paid either. And then they came out and said that there would be fines on players that didn't have a COVID vaccine. Now, I've heard both sides of this argument as well. And does it mean that you have to have? Are they saying you must have a COVID vaccine? No. They're an employer. The NFL has a $2 billion industry. Marketing, games, television coverage, stadiums, players, contracts, you know, salary caps, you name the whole thing. And for them to say you must meet these following criteria to be our employee, that's a big part of it. And they have every right to do so. So the argument exists, does the NFL have the right to force its players to do anything? Right? They have contractual obligations. They must play a certain number of games. There's a certain amount of pay. 
there's a certain amount of road games they have to be in, or they have to be a you know a, a bench player. You you can come off of a practice squad. Blah 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 blah. But can they force you to get a COVID vaccine? And 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 in my opinion, I don't think this is forcing anyone to do anything. They're an employer. They have the right as an employer to say, if you work for my company, which the NFL is a corporation, if you work for my company, these are the conditions at which I will allow you to be an employee, i.e. an NFL player or a coach. And I've already seen a couple of coaches that have basically walked away, quit their jobs, and said, it's not worth it. It's not worth it for me to get a vaccine. I'm going to quit. I'm going to tell you guys, it's only 32 teams, and there's not a lot of coaches out there. And to walk away from an NFL position... Because you feel that strongly about getting a vaccine, I, I, I would say that's not a very smart move. But that's that's me. That's my opinion. You know, don't don't crucify me too much for it. But wouldn't you rather be safe? Wouldn't you rather know that you know you you play these road games, you play these away games, you play in front of your fans. A lot of cities are lifting mask restrictions. And just because they're lifting mask restrictions doesn't mean they're only saying, okay, you, you can come in the stadium if you're fully vaccinated without a mask. They're saying you don't have to wear a mask at all, which means you're right back in the situation that you started from, except about 30 to 45 to 50 percent, maybe 60 percent of the people in these cities or these, these uh, municipalities are vaccinated. I didn't say 100 percent. I didn't say everybody. I said 30 to 40 to 50 to 60 percent are vaccinated. There are some places in some states that are as low as 30 percent of the population has gotten the vaccine, right? That is not herd immunity. That is not something that we can rely on. Now, the figures that I saw for the NFL are about 80 percent of the players and coaches and staff are vaccinated or have at least one shot, right? And then the question comes in, well, I already have one shot. Why do I need two? Well, because that's the way it's going to become most effective. They have the first one and they go, all right, good enough. I got one. I'm good. I'm not going to go back at the second one. I'll tell you, and I told you guys about this already. When I had the COVID vaccine and my wife had the COVID vaccine, it was the first one wasn't a big deal. You know, a little sore, no big deal. The second one was the one that knocked us both down. And you got the shakes and the body aches and the chills and you feel horrible for a day or two. And then you're over it. And it's your immune system fighting off that virus, fighting off that killed virus or that RNA, that mRNA. And your body has formed such a wall against it that, that it literally fights off everything you possibly can fight off. So getting one shot, unless it's like a Johnson & Johnson or a Pfizer that is a one-shot vaccine, and people will get kind of sick from those too, but they'll get over it and they'll be stronger. But getting one shot out of a two-shot vaccine is kind of like taking... You know, filling up two tires on your car and letting the other two be flat. Well, it doesn't really help you. You're still not going anywhere. And those people that have had one shot out of two are still not protected. So I want to hear what you have to say about all this. I want to hear your opinion on the NFL and the vaccines. And this is a, I've listened to some talk radio, some uh, CBS sports radio. I've listened to local radio here in, in uh, Northeast Florida. And this is a hot-button issue. People just, there's nobody that goes, well, I'm not really sure how I feel about this. No, they're either for it or against it. They're either in favor of vaccines or against vaccines. They come up with some excuse, whatever the situation is. They use their, their research to know whatever it is, right? Doctors have gone on, nurses and healthcare professionals. and all. So I want to hear what you guys have to say. Get a hold of me. My email is Orlando, uh, Florida Fun Podcast at gmail.com. Get me up on Twitter. Send me a tweet at FloridaFun6. 
on Twitter or hit me up on Instagram at Florida Fun Podcast on Instagram dot com. All right, guys, so we're going to end the program. I want to give you the answer to the trivia question, and I'm going to bring my daughter Amelia back. So here to answer the trivia question is my daughter Amelia. Today's trivia question was how many species of dolphins are there in the world today? The options were A, 7, B, 42, C, 21, or D, 14. If you guess B, 42, you are correct. The, and now I have a quick trivia fact. Dolphins are marine mammals. They must surface to breathe and give birth to their young. Tune in next time for more trivia. We'll see you out there. So, guys, that's going to be the end of the episode for today. We certainly appreciate you joining us. Um, that's the end of the episode for today. Today is Monday, July 26, 2021, and we appreciate you being there. Um, one more time, get a hold of us anytime. Questions, uh, concerns, suggestions, whatever you'd like to hear, um, hit us up anytime. Uh, the email is floridafunpodcast at gmail.com. You can always hit us on Twitter at floridafun6 and on Instagram at Florida Fun Podcast. Remember, you can support this podcast. Uh, we are uh, I'm a Patreon creator, and uh, anything you can help to uh, donate would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can always support the podcast. Go to patreon.com forward slash Florida Fun Podcast, and uh, we'll get some creators and we'll uh, get some uh, some uh, supporters, and we'll do... We'll do special supporter-only episodes of the show. We'll do advanced show notes. We'll do some more pictures. We'll do in-depth stuff. So we have a lot of stuff that's planned. Um, coming up, guys, we're going to do a food tasting at a local restaurant. I want you to be a part of that. And uh, we might have a reappearance of maybe a past guest or two. So um, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you for being here. Uh, I certainly do appreciate it. And uh, we will definitely see you out there.